Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Thursday, February 16th, 2023. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, Dems put pressure on who should be the next Fed vice chair. Number two, House Republicans head to the border. And number three, Jim Banks racks up some fundraising dollars. All right, Jake, let's get into it. Uh, the story that is leading Punchbowl News AM this morning is a look at who Senate Democrats in particular, Senator Bob Menendez, the Democrat from New Jersey, want to have uh, become the next Fed vice chair. Bob Menendez making the, a big case uh, that the U.S. Central Bank needs more diversity by selecting its first Hispanic governor. So a few things to consider here. Number one, um, the big picture is that Joe Biden's economic team has been blown up, not in a bad way. It's just it, he, he has a very new economic team coming in. Lil Brainerd has left the Fed, obviously, to become the um, uh, his top economic advisor, effectively. Um, Brian Deese is leaving. Uh, Ron Klain, a little bit, you know, he's he was an advisor on everything, but he was chief of staff. So a lot of new faces in there. So Brainerd's um, departure from the Federal Reserve is um, uh, opens up a slot at the Fed, uh, like the number two slot, basically, effectively at the Fed. Uh, and Bob Menendez, Democrat of New Jersey, has long been on a um, a mission to get more diversity in a, in a whole host of positions, but in the Fed. Um, and the Wall Street Journal floated yesterday a uh, uh, the idea that perhaps the um, the uh, president would nominate Austin Goolsby, um, who is an economist and is is at the Chicago Fed right now. Uh, 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 by the way, a person that's known quite well to D.C. and to senators. He's a, been a longtime figure in economic policy. Um, to Brainerd's seat. Now, that would, of course, be subject to confirmation, so senators have a say. Um, Mr. Goolsby is not Hispanic, and um, Bob Menendez basically said, I've told the White House to give me someone to vote for, and that person to vote for should be Hispanic. So he's not he's not leaving much the imagination here, Anna. Um, he's making this pretty clear. And by the way, it's not only Menendez. That's the most important thing to note. It is Menendez. It is Lujan. Um, uh, Ben Ray Lujan, it is um, Mark Warner that he said, Senator Menendez has a very good point that we don't have a single Latino member on the Fed. Um, so this is starting to become a thing on the Hill uh, in a way that the White House needs to pay attention to it. Um, and um, by the way, it is, it's something that, this is not something that's just cropping up now that, um, uh, Menendez is just taking issue with now. He has been on this for a while. This is something that he has expressed for a while. Something, frankly, and by the way, Brendan Peterson, who's our terrific economic and financial services reporter, makes a good point here that sometimes the White House floats people for jobs and just to see their reaction, just to see the public's reaction and um, uh, with no intention of actually nominating them. So... Um, is this that that incident? Is this an incident like that? We don't know the answer to that. 
Yeah, it, I, I think that's the, the the smart point, right? It's like you put a little test balloons out there and and, and see, you know, uh, you know, obviously, obstacles be to your point is well known. Uh, a person that is is a, com- a commodity that wouldn't would be somebody that a lot of these senators are familiar with. But this is just one of many pressure points that the White House is facing uh, when it comes to now that there, there's going to be some changeover and and there's uh, shifting of positions. We also have noted uh, that they faced similar pressure in replacing Labor Secretary Marty Walsh. Um, AAPI lawmakers want to see an Asian American politician tap for that cabinet position, while other Democrats have been pushing their own potential candidates. And so um, whenever these positions open up, there's, you know, kind of a rush and everybody has their favorite candidate and different reasons for them. Um, But going to be interesting to see how the Biden administration weighs the the pressure here by Menendez, as well as you know how they figure out how to kind of thread the needle to find somebody who is going to also you know be amenable to uh, enough <laughs> enough members of Congress to to get them through the confirmation process. Let's move on to the number two story of the morning: uh, House Republicans, Jake, heading to the border. Yeah, Speaker Kevin McCarthy today going to the Tucson sector of the um, U.S.-Mexico border. Um, This is his first trip as Speaker. It is what local media outlets are suggesting is the first trip of a sitting Speaker to the U.S.-Mexico border in Arizona. Obviously, there's been scores of trips by McCarthy to the U.S.-Mexico border in Texas. Uh, I was once at the border with McCarthy in Texas in El Paso um, many moons ago. He is bringing four freshmen to the border with him. That is... uh, uh, Lori Chavez Dreamer, Derek Van Orden, Juan Siscomani, who represents this district, and Jen Kiggins of Virginia. Um, they will get a briefing at the CPB headquarters in Tucson, the Tucson sector headquarters. They'll go on a helicopter um, to look at, get an aerial tour of the border before visiting, visiting a ranch in Cochise County, Arizona this afternoon. They'll also hold a news conference in Cochise County. Um, you know, listen, this is uh, this is no surprise to us or to anybody who follows us or the House Republican majority. This is a the border is a massive issue for Republicans. It's also becoming an issue for President Joe Biden. We'll have to see if there's any sort of effort to, um, you know, to to put some more money toward the border in any way, shape or form. That's the jury still out on that. The House Judiciary Committee is also going to the border next week. They are doing a hearing in Yuma. Arizona. Uh, Only Republicans plan to attend that. Democrats plan to have their own hearing um, next month. I I mean, just to, I just want, I think the thing that's interesting here is it's a real split screen, right? Between where you see the, the, it's a Republican only trip, kind of on their own talking points, Democrats doing their own uh, trip to the border in the, when it comes to House members. And in the Senate, you had a very different uh, bipartisan Codell going to the border. A lot of talk of, you know, can we find ways to work together? Um, when you had Senator John Cornyn, you had, uh, you know, a, a lot of different members trying to kind of coalesce around this idea that there could be some kind of, you know, immigration reform package. Uh, I think it just shows showcases how far apart the two chambers are when it comes to the approach, uh, as well as the possibility for even trying to uh, find a pathway forward on some kind of a larger package. I would also say one more thing here, Anna. Um, the uh, 
number one, the White House, I have to imagine at some point this Congress might take the opportunity to put some money toward the border. Um, and, and number two, the interesting thing here is that Republicans thought by having these hearings at the border that would force Democrats down there to see it. They're not doing that. Democrats are saying, no, thanks. We're going to go on our own. So so this 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 didn't really exactly work for Republicans in the way that they expected. All right, let's go on to the number three story of the morning. Jim Banks, the representative from Indiana, of course, who's now running a Senate campaign, is going to receive his biggest institutional boost of support to date on March 28th. Ten GOP senators, including NRSC chair Steve Daines, are holding a fundraiser for banks at the campaign arms D.C. headquarters. Certainly a big show of strength. Uh, as he tries to elbow out possible um, opponents. Yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, this is, you know, a, a market change, as we've noted before, um, on the um, on the uh, uh, institutional backing of a Senate candidate. Rick Scott, former chairman of the NRSC and frequent <laughs> uh, uh, opponent of Mitch McConnell, uh, did not endorse candidates at all. Um, the, the NRSC has all but jumped behind Jim Banks in this race. Steve Dane supports him. He's the chair of the NRSC. All of these folks are uh, who are at this fundraiser, including John Barrasso uh, in Republican leadership, John Cornyn, who was in Republican leadership, Tom Cotton, a close ally of Mitch McConnell, uh, J.D. Vance, a newly elected um, uh, senator from Ohio. Uh, this is just a you know, they, they feel Republicans feel like they've got their man in Indiana. Clearly, Anna. I mean, it doesn't take doesn't take much imagination on that front. Um, and uh, I, I think this is a um, yeah, I think this is a um, uh, a big boost for banks. The only thing that the only wild card here, I mean, Republicans and Democrats both feel both feel like Democrats would have a really tough time at this point winning statewide in Indiana. The only thing that could really hurt banks here is if some sort of unknown self-funder jumps into this thing and gets in the race. And, and I don't, you know, I don't personally see that happening at this point. Um, but who the hell knows? Um, but it looks like Banks is just, I mean, it really is show of force. I mean, he got out of the gate early, pushed, you know, not pushed, but um, Mitch Daniels, former governor, thought about it, decided not to run. Um, uh a whole host of folks decided not to not to get in this race. There's no other Republicans. It's early, but just a, a show of force by Mr. Banks. Yeah, for sure. And also, I think you make a really smart point when it comes to the idea of where it's very interesting to see how the NRSC is uh, choosing to clearly get in early uh, on this race, a very different uh, strategy than they have done in, in past years. And it'll be interesting to see how does that manifest itself in the, when there is potentially more of a publicly contested primary? Do they also, uh, you know, kind of put their thumb on the on the scale? Well, it's something we're going to be watching really closely. With that, thanks so much for listening. We appreciate it. If you like The Daily Punch, please talk about us, share us, uh, share The Daily Punch on social media. It's the best way for folks to find out about us. You can also sign up for our free morning newsletter at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.